Welcome back, everybody. It's Taco Tuesday! I'm Alex Padilla. I'm Alex Regla. Welcome in, Laker fans. This is the funeral of the Los Angeles Lakers on Taco Tuesday. I'm Alex Padilla. He's Alex Regla. Alex, it is official, official, official. The Lakers eliminated from the play-in tournament with the Spurs winning tonight in Denver and the Lakers losing tonight in Phoenix. It is official. You called it, man. It's funny. Last week we, we said um, by next Tuesday, there's a shot that either they're out or they could be out. And yeah, that, that, that happened to be the case. Uh, yeah, how are you feeling it. about it? How, how do you instant, instant reaction to it? Uh, just like, um, Okay, so not surprised at all. I think with LeBron being out, um, you know, the chances even with him were slim because the Suns are just so much better than them right now. Um, Not emotional as far as disappointed because my disappointment has been heard for the last couple months on this podcast. I would just say almost, honestly, relief that it's over. It's official. This was a complete and utter disaster. There's no way around it. There's no chance of them erasing that fact that this is an utter disappointment, embarrassing season. Like, I am glad that it is official. There is no chance of them getting into the play-in, sneaking their way into the playoffs, and doing something crazy. It is officially over, and I'm relieved. Yeah, I I think I'm around how you feel. Uh, There's no more waiting around for guys to get healthy. There's no more potential coaching changes mid season or trade deadline moves that they could do or buy out market guys, all those kind of like benchmarks. We we were waiting to see what they would do with those things to see if they could turn it around. That's all gone. Like we obviously at this point, they're officially eliminated. We know where they, what, what team they are. We've known for a while, what team they are. And um, I think the quicker, they're out of playing games, the quicker they could start rebuilding or reconstructing this team because they need uh, a lot of changes, I think. Yes, I I agree. And I posted this this question on on our page already, and we could talk about it. But I I agree with you. I think that who do you want to see go? And for me, it would be everybody. I think this team, as surprising as it is, from going from championship to this, I think this team needs a fresh start from top to bottom. That includes management executives. Obviously you're not going to get rid of the owner, but I think Polinka has got to go. I think Vogel's got to go. I think a lot of players got to go. I don't know how much movement you can actually do, but I just think this whole thing needs a reset, a hard, hard reset. And I don't think we'll get it. Obviously reports today that, Frank Vogel likely to get fired. I don't see how that's avoidable, but yeah, man, I, I think everyone's got to go. What about you? Uh, I mean, I'm leaning that direction. I, I, I my preference is probably the same. Uh, I, I think they need a drastic makeover. Um, obviously you would want to give most of those people the benefit of the doubt because they want a championship, but the last two seasons, um, bad luck or not bad luck, it just hasn't worked. And especially this year, I think 
Um, we shouldn't chalk all this up as bad luck or just injuries. I think this was a flawed roster to begin with. And um, the coach is not the coach for this team. And yeah, I, I'm not confident that it's a drastic makeover. I'm pretty sure there'll be changes here and there, but yeah. Um, do you, do you think it's likely that they would actually, cause I, I think we can agree. Frank is probably gone. Yeah. Like, okay. Up until three games ago, I put minimal blame on Frank. He obviously has blame. He's part of this. Everybody has blame. I was putting minimal blame on him. And by what I mean by that is if I'm going from like Polinka Vogel players, I was putting Vogel third up until three games ago when he inexcusably started benching the wrong guys. I don't know what he was thinking. I honestly do not know. I think today he was forced into playing Reeves because Monk got in foul trouble so fast. He didn't really have a choice. Um, I don't know what he was thinking when the season's on the line and you need every single win you can get benching THD, benching Reeves. I, I don't know what he was doing. I don't get it. I don't know why he reverted to Trevor Reza who hadn't played in forever and playing Avery Bradley again. Like he was Rondo in 2019. It made no sense to me. Yeah. Obviously he can only coach the players that the front office gives him, but at the end of the day, I, I don't think he's innocent either in this situation. And you listed some of the reasons there and, um, yeah. And at some point, like, even I know he won a championship here at some point, players do just start to tune a guy out. Like it happens with all, every coach. Like there comes yeah. a point where if you're with the same guy over and over and they've experienced two pretty bad losing seasons under him as well. Uh, yeah. Guys start to tune, tune him out. And um, I think that's probably what happened this year. And, uh, the players he had weren't defensive players. So that didn't help. And it was just a combination of a lot of things, but um, it looks like both parties are probably going to go their separate ways. And yeah. it's probably for the best. I think that was honestly likely to happen. Even if he was a uh, coaching a good team, like unless they won another title, I don't think, I'm not sure if Frank was coming back. You don't give a coach a one-year extension mm-hmm. and say that, you know, you have utter confidence in the guy. I think that, this, this marriage was coming to an end. Um, I think he got a super raw deal. He was never, obviously we know he wasn't the first second candidate for the job in the first place. So I don't really know what happened behind the scenes. It sounds like there was a lot of people involved this year that Frank probably didn't want. Honestly, dude, I'm not going to rule anything out. I, maybe Frank didn't want to win these games. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I'm not saying he, ta- he tanked them. Like I'm not saying you like he purposely lost them, but could, could he have done certain moves like that? that hurt the team. Maybe he didn't want to coach this team into the plane. I don't know, man, who knows, but let's start with Frank. Um, the Lakers are lose tonight. 121, 110. It's officially over. They're eliminated from the play in from the playoffs. Uh, they have three games left. The only thing that they have to play for, it's not even a thing, a team thing. It's an individual thing that LeBron has to play two of three games to win the scoring title. It would be very telling if he comes back and plays in two of three games though, that would be probably a very bad look for him. But anyways, Frank Vogel reports today that he's likely to be fired already, Alex, with replacements being mentioned. Uh, People like Doc Rivers, Mike Brown, Kurt Rambis, Steve Clifford, and Quinn Snyder as possible replacements. This is according to Jake Fisher from Bleacher Report, who reported that the Lakers are likely to fire Frank Vogel. Um, 
first of all, not surprising. Second of all, don't give me possible replacements right now. Let's <laughs> like, let's just let this air out for a bit. Let's take a break. Let's let, let's keep the Lakers out of the news for a while. Let's go watch some good basketball in the playoffs. And then let's come back in a month or so. And then we can start talking about replacements. I mean, for the Lakers, I mean, they, they probably should just start looking now though. Right. <laughs> like it is an Lakers. advantage. I mean, that's the one advantage that you're not making a deep playoff run. You can start your rebuild immediately. You can start figuring out what the hell you're going to do. I mean, yeah, you, you would probably root for whoever's playing against Utah. Like you would want them to kind of flame out and Quinn Snyder to become available. And um, it sounds like it could be between the Lakers and the Spurs if you were to leave Utah. And I'm not sure how attractive the Lakers, because they're always going to be an attractive destination for a head coach. But um, seeing what's gone there the last two years, the turmoil, the all the reports like they saw how Frank Vogel was kind of treated this year and stuff like that. So um, you would, you would hope like they, they're still considered to be a favorable team destination for a coach to go to. And of that list you, you named, I think Quinn Snyder is easily the best right. candidate. Um, sure. d- or it does make me laugh a bit though, that almost all of those guys uh, were former Lakers or yeah. have former experience as an assistant on the Lakers so it just continues their tradition of kind of looking inward instead of kind of stepping yeah. out of the box. There's nothing there. I don't think that excites anybody. I, I don't even think Quinn Snyder excites anybody. I, 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 I <laughs> it, like I said, I'm not going to put any thought into the next coach because I'm just not there yet. I, I couldn't even give you anything. That's like, that's not an emotional answer. Everything would just be emotional because this is just embarrassing. I mean, was it the first game of the season that Anthony Davis and Dwight Howard like fought on the bench? No, it wasn't the first game, but it was pretty early it on. It wasn't like this maybe first or second game. Like it, it was pretty early on. Yeah. It, like, we should have known early on that this is what we were going to get. Um, it was riddled with injuries. It was riddled with COVID riddled with everything that we were concerned that would happen with like Jason Kidd, like a bunch of distractions. We had it this year. Once Jason Kidd left, maybe he was holding the fort together this whole time. You know, like all <laughs> I mean, the, Dallas all the, has like one of the top defenses in the league this year, all the riffs that we thought we might get with Jason Kidd. We're seeing them now, all the uh, overstepping of management. We're seeing it now, you know, I mean, we can run through the entire list of things that have happened uh, to this Laker team. And you could write, another winning time and call it losing time. You know, you could genuinely make a show about the disaster of the season. Um, Anthony Davis, Dwight Howard pushing each other. Uh, who got hurt right away? I'm already forgetting. There's so much happened. Well, uh, AD, like AD he, got hurt like barely right away. playing again. So, and he shouldn't be playing clearly. Like he, he made one dunk in the first play of the game and he was hobbling the rest of the time. <sighs> Um, I just think that guy was just so tired of hearing street clothes that he's like, I'm going to play. I don't care. Like just for me, just to, just to be out there for myself. There's so much, man. Um, Westbrook. I just say the name Westbrook, <laughs> uh, COVID hit everybody in the NBA. Every single person on the Lakers staff and team got it or missed games because of it. LeBron got hurt. AD got hurt. Uh, reports of Polinka getting fired, or excuse me, of Vogel getting fired came out in December. I believe that was the first time we started hearing about it. The Lakers had a 500 record when they beat the Nets end of January, and then they haven't won back-to-back games since. 
Um, this is all from the top of my head. They are, we are, oh, cur- we, we are, I haven't write any of that down. Uh, we are currently and are, will watch this season, the eighth worst team in Lakers history. And that dates back to the Minneapolis years. If you only count the LA years, this is the sixth worst team record wise that the Lakers have ever had as an organization. I mean, we did an entire pod about like, is this the like most frustrating Laker team ever in terms mm-hmm. of watching them from a night to night basis? And I think this, they haven't changed our minds like since yeah. that podcast. So yeah. And I do hope like we're, I'm sure we're going to get a ton of more reports and stories coming out of starting even probably by tomorrow about whose fault all this was and the finger pointing might start. But at the end of the day, I think it's a combination of so many things that have led to where the Lakers are now. And I, I really don't, I really hope they don't just use injuries as an excuse for all this. Um, it has played a huge factor and maybe this season would have gone a little differently, but um, they need to like look at themselves in the mirror and change how they approach team building and all that stuff, because uh, it's, it's not going in the right direction. Yeah, they just keep putting a bunch of pieces together. They're just putting duct tape on the issues. That's what they've been doing. And the worst part about it, Alex, is that they're self-inflicted issues. You know, we talked about last week that all the moves that the Lakers have made that were on their own doing. You know, we don't need to rehash that. If you missed that episode, it's a fantastic episode. You can watch it. You can listen to it. Uh, we broke down all the moves that Rob Polinka has made that is dist- that self-destructed this team from a championship team to what it is now, and that is not even making a play-in tournament on a team that has LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and Russell Westbrook, not even to make the play-in game. And listen, the Spurs are playing amazing. You know, I think they've won seven of their last eight. They're in a three-game win streak. Uh, and the one game they did lose was because the dude missed the layup. So the the Spurs have been playing amazing. I don't think anybody saw that coming. But what does it matter if the Lakers the Lakers would have gotten to the play and they would have played the Suns and we would have seen this for four straight games. You know, it was, so this this team. I mean, to call it a team, Alex is 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 just a lie in in and of itself. It, yeah, the, the chemistry just wasn't there. Like it, it it doesn't feel like a team. You're right. It feels like a group of just individuals that just so happen to be on the same team right. for one year and next and they year they're like all going to get shuffled out. Mm-hmm. And they played like that. That was the worst part. They yeah. had never bothered. They never bothered to try to become a team because they were all so confident and cocky in their individual talent and history. I would say history more than anything that they thought they were going to cruise through the season. They all thought that. And it was this brash undeserved cockiness in the entire organization that led to this because the moment they got slapped in the face, they never fought back. They never knew what to do. They were stunned. And I'm not talking about Chris rock. I'm talking about the Lakers. Like they just didn't know what to do. They never built any sort of resilience. They never built any sort of cohesion. They never had each other's back. Everybody would throw everybody under the bus as, as fast as they could. There was no accountability. There was nothing on this team that I will take away as a positive. Nothing. I don't, I will never look back on this team like Malik Monk was great. I will never look back on this and say Austin Reeves was great because all of the negatives will overshine anything that was positive. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I can't think of something like, again, that podcast where we talked about our favorite bad Laker teams or worst Laker teams. 
there was at least silver linings, I think, in almost all of those teams we talked about. I can't think of one. Uh, maybe Malik Monk, but even that is just like being generous because he's probably just going to be gone next year. <laughs> he's going to sign yeah. a bigger contract somewhere else. So, um, he's definitely played. Yeah. He's definitely played his ass off for it. So nothing against Malik yeah, Monk. Yeah, and, if he and leaves. you know what? There have been guys like yeah, like Austin Reeves, Stanley Johnson. Like it's awesome. He's worked his way into a contract, and he'll be he'll likely be back on the team next year. Like he right. uh, went in Gabriel. Who knows? But. Austin Reeves should be back. So there are guys who I did play hard. They did make the most of their opportunity. But um at the end of the day, yeah, it just the bad just outweighed all any of the good. Yeah, one hundred percent. And there's really not much else. I mean, there's so much to say, but there's nothing new to say except the fact that they are officially eliminated. And I wonder how many people are genuinely surprised. At this, like I watching this team, if you look at their, I, I mean, I got to count it, but I think they won one, two, three, three games in February, one, two, three, four, four games in March. Yeah. They've won seven games in two months where they play every other day. Like, if you're surprised that they're not in the play and you just haven't been paying attention. Like, like I, I think I have pretty much buried this team since the end of probably since the middle of February, I have just been pounding on this team and it, none of this is surprising. I mean, they're just for all the reasons I listed previously, none of this is surprising. Are you surprised at all that they are officially out? No. Uh, no, uh, yeah. it, it was, it was always going to be going that way. It seemed like I, I was hopefully like hopeful that they would get AD back a bit sooner. LeBron would have stayed healthy. Like I, once LeBron got hurt again, AD coming back, I guess it didn't even really matter. Like you need everyone to be healthy and then hopefully build some cohesion, but that just went out the window. So once guys started going down again, it, the writing was on the wall. Like, and they, like you said earlier, they, they've shown not to like, fight back once they get punched in the mouth like i think those thunder games early on in the season i think that 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 could been the biggest side of foreshadowing for how the rest of this year would have gone because not only did they blow a huge lead to them once they did twice i think they lost the third game to oklahoma city even i I don't there's multiple games this year where they've lost really badly it's looked really bad yeah and um that's not a good sign of a team that's together and is on the road to winning championship. Yeah. I think that that's a whole other storyline too, Alex, that the, when you get, I'll say bullied, like the way the thunder did early on in the season. And that wasn't a wake up call that the NBA was not scared of you, that a thunder team like that was, was willing to punch you back. And then kick your ass multiple times. Multiple games. Yeah. yeah. Like when that wasn't a slap of face in their face of reality, I don't know why we didn't see it early on. You know, we just all assumed us too, like myself too, they'll kind of figure it out. But every opportunity that they had to prove us that they would, they never did. They never did. They lost to the Thunder October 27th, uh, 123-115. They played him and then like didn't Russ fight some try to fight somebody. He's like, You're not gonna game. disrespect me that way. 
And that was the fifth game of the season. They played the Thunder. <laughs> oh my God. They played the Thunder wow. in a week later and they lost 107, 104. Um, <laughs> then if I remember, then two weeks later, they went to Boston to Detroit and that whole thing happened mm-hmm. with, I forget the player's name, but that t- Isaiah Stewart, you, Isaiah Stewart, that should tell you everything, you know, mm-hmm. like he wasn't scared to back down from LeBron. He wasn't, and there was no sort of respect there for LeBron James. I mean, it was all in front of us the whole time. <laughs> and the Lakers just never accepted it, man. They never accepted it. They thought that their history would lead them to the playoffs. Uh, yeah, I, I think we just ignored the signs, or at least we just held, held out hope that like they would figure it out. Because usually these teams, like especially teams with all these new players, it takes some time to gel and stuff. But um, with the sample just getting bigger and bigger, we should have just realized that this is who they are. And hopefully this is a wake-up call. Again, I, I really don't want them to use excuses for why the season went the way it is. They need to change things. And um, changing the coach and just calling it a day is probably not enough. No, definitely um, not. I think so that how, I mean, that's some... what I was going to ask you. I was going to ask you earlier. So then how confident are you that a guy like Rob Polinka is actually fired? Cause I'm not sure I'm that confident with that. No, I don't think he's going to get fired. I think there would have been reports of that already. I think the fact that there's reports of, of a new head coach already, I think Rob's already looking, Rob's already talking. I think Rob's going to try and recreate that the bubble team again, somehow. You know, because he keeps trying, failing to do that. Um, I blame his mistake of letting JaVale McGee go and Dwight Howard go because he's been trying to get those two guys back and replicate what he did in the bubble, and he just can't do it. Um, No, I'm not confident because it's hard, and it's so hard to say this because, yes, they won a championship, but, like, has Rob Palenka inspired any sort of confidence in this fan base. I don't know how he would when you read all these salary cap mismanagement, when you read just the little technical things that he just doesn't do the little things that none of us would know, but pros know, and it saves you assets. It saves you money. It gives Mm -hmm. you ability. He doesn't know any of it, or he doesn't execute any of it, which would make it worse if he knows it and still doesn't do it. I don't have confidence in Rob Polinka. None. Yeah, I, I was going to say, like, I'm not sure who's earned the benefit of the doubt or who's earned the trust to, like, not be on the chopping block this this offseason from players to management to coaches. Like, guess they won championship. And obviously that that earns you a, a lot of respect and that earns you – that's what everyone's aiming for. But especially for a Lakers franchise, like, two years in a row like this, um, yeah, I, that's that's good. That, that calls for someone losing their job. Yeah. I mean, dude, if I had a choice, if I had to pick one to bring back, I'd bring Frank Vogel back. I don't think that's how it works in real life, but that's just where I stand. I, I wouldn't bring Rob Polinka back at all. Like I, I wouldn't, I would want to find a real basketball person, a Colby Altman, someone that knows what they're doing and someone that has a, a track record, a proven track record of it. I mean, you're the Lakers. You want to talk about players coming you should be attracting the top executives to come here. You should be, the Lakers should be attracting the top of every level position in basketball. Now is Jeannie going to fork over the cash to pay for everybody? Likely not, but that's the whole other problem. We can't get rid of her. We can get rid of everybody else. We can't get rid of the buses. So 
I think Alex that this like no one talks about it. Everyone's like, oh, players want to come play in LA. Players want everybody should want to come to LA. That's the Lakers organization. People should be dying to be the basketball, the president of basketball operations, to be the general manager, to be a coach on the team. But that's not reality. And, and it's unfortunate because I, I blame a lot of that on Jeannie, her just unwillingness to let this like history go. Like, why is Phil Jackson still talking to her about basketball? Why is Kurt Rambis? Why is magic Johnson have a direct line to her about this team? Like there's, that shouldn't happen. It shouldn't be there. No, I know. And it's, I, I can't, I, people can't obviously can't see me, but as you say those things, I just, can't help but smile and laugh because it's funny. Like we're in that situation where these people still have that powerful voice uh, in the owner's ear. And like, this is going to, we're going to have a podcast about this later, probably in the off season, but yeah. Like what, what happens with like free agents now, like before the Lakers were the destination for like ring chasers. Right. And for a team going into the off season with not any salary cap, they're going to again, rely on getting minimum guys, and how many minimum guys are going to want to come here after the year they saw a lot of guys like Ken Bazemore, DeAndre Jordan, uh, Trevor Reza either not play at all, um, get blamed online for it, and just yeah. stuff like that. Like, I'm not sure if they're going to be able to to generate those guys as they easily as really... they were before. Yeah, and that's that's what I mean. I mean that goes back to the whole front office thing, like. You got to go get a guy that can sell this team. You got to go get a guy that can sell whatever he's selling, you know, whoever he hires, whoever she hires as the next coach, you got to sell a whole culture because right now there, there is no culture as yeah. at the Lakers. There is none. This is where a place you come to die where your basketball career comes to die. Trevor Reza may not be on a team next year. Wayne Ellington may not be on a team next year. There's a couple guys that may not be on teams next year because of this disaster. Russell Westbrook is going to, if he gets traded, like what's going to happen to him? I know he's going to be on a team, but like what's going to happen to him? You know, like who knows? I don't know. There's AD on this team next year. I don't know. Can you for certain say that LeBron James will be a Laker next season? I can't. I have no idea. I, I It's a scary thing. I, I obviously you would assume both LeBron and AD are back, but outside of those two, you could tell me literally everyone's gone from the rest of the roster coaching mm-hmm. staff front office. And I wouldn't be shocked. I wouldn't be shocked if one of the two get traded. Like I just wouldn't shock me if LeBron, I don't think you can really trade LeBron just because his age yeah. and his contract. But if you traded AD, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't advise it, but I also wouldn't be surprised. He's probably your most tradable asset that you have. I don't think you have a first round pick for the next five years. So yeah. Anyways, Alex, this is uh this is, not fun, uh, but this is what this is what it is, man. This is what it is. The Lakers out, and it just feels so much different than all those end of Kobe's career years. You know, it just has a different feel. I don't, I don't think we ever had expectations for Kobe's final years. That probably is why. But the amount of talking, the the predictions, the t- you know everything. It's just it. Looking back, this bad looks for everybody. I think because those teams were building towards something, right? Like they either had young players or picks or something where, yeah, the season was over, but we had the lottery coming up. We had cap space Mm -hmm. Um, this year, no picks, no cap Mm -hmm. space. Mm -hmm. They have LeBron AD, 
likely Russ. And if they get they get they move Russ, it's going to cost a draft pick. So another one. So yeah, they're kind of stuck. And yeah, those years were awful. But yeah, you're right. You know, we had you drafted a Julius Randle, you drafted a D'Angelo Russell, you drafted Brandon Ingram, you drafted Lonzo Ball, you drafted Josh Hart, you drafted Kyle Kuzma. You were drafting guys that you're like, oh, first rounders, lottery picks, top five picks, top two picks. You're looking at guys a future. Yeah, right now it's like. Dude, you're in. You're likely in it for a long haul of rebuild. Likely, scary, yep. scary, scary. <laughs> and enough no picks. And no no picks. picks. I don't know how you're gonna do it with no picks, but you know, Anyways, Alex, there's no more. There's no more games to predict because they don't matter. Uh, the Lakers season is officially over. Uh, as far as uh, you know, importance of games, they do still have to play three games, and I believe. On Thursday, they're on national television against the Wolves on TNT. Then they finish up uh, versus Golden State at home Saturday night and at Dallas to get one final ass kicking on Sunday, April 10th. And then the season is over on Sunday, April 10th. The season is over. But for all you LA fans, don't worry. The Dodgers are likely to win 130 games this year. You guys will be just (laughs) fine. Um, When asked who will play, the remainder three games, Frank Vogel says, we'll see. So, Alex, let's leave it at that. We'll see. Any other final words? Um, I, yeah, I would sit just, just to answer that. I, I would make sure LeBron and AD bubble wrap them, make sure they're ready for next year. Also, These games don't matter. bubble wrap THT, don't play him, bubble wrap. Russell Westbrook, don't play. Like, anybody you could trade, the last thing we need right now is a torn ACL, okay? Like, anyone that is a possible trade candidate, you just don't play them. Do not play them. Rob, if you're going to be the GM, (laughs) executive order, if there's an ounce of trade value, honestly, an ounce, you don't play them. I will take Trevor Ariza, Wayne Ellington, Avery Bradley, Wenyan Gabriel, and whoever and Dwight Howard as my starting lineup, just do not play anybody that has any trade value, please. That's the only thing that can make this season worse is if like Russ tears his ACL and now you're stuck with just 45 million empty dollars. That's bleak. <laughs> what a way to end the pod. <laughs> Alex it has been a damn pleasure to put You have made this season fun as much as these games haven't been fun. We've had so many fun times. We've got to podcast championships. We got to podcast COVID. We've got to podcast so many different things. This is a first for us, man. This is a this season has been a, a brutal thing to cover. I appreciate everyone that's listened to this show because I'm sure, like, dude, I tune out of things because I don't want to hear how crappy this team is is over and over and over myself. So, if you're here and you're listening, you guys are like legit diehards of either the shows that we produce for everybody or or the Lakers. So thank you to the listeners. Honestly, thank you. 100% man. And and same goes to you. I have live, even in the game is when it's been really bad or a season like this. So it's always really cool to talk to you afterwards. So, and yeah, to the listeners, I, it's still crazy. People listen to anything I say or read anything I write. So always grateful for them. Um, I'll, I'll just, I'll, I'll, I'll wrap it up on this. Me and you both have full-time jobs. Like this isn't, you know, you know, we, yeah. you know, whether 
you want to or not, like we don't do this for full time. We literally do this once a week. Uh, we're part of a, a much larger network than, than both of us. And it's, we do this really for fun. Like, yeah, we get paid, but it's, we really do it for fun. And even though it's been awful basketball, it has always been fun to come on with you. So also thanks to you, man. Really appreciate it. And hopefully, you know, we'll have some fun this off season and we'll see what's in store. We know, I know this, the Lakers will be in the news no matter what. I don't care if, if they're playing, they will be in the news. Starting tomorrow. I, yeah. I'm just warning fans now, just get ready. Uh, yeah. The reports will be coming out. If I wake up in the morning and it's like Frank Blakers dismissed Frank Vogel as head coach, I wouldn't be surprised. Like, so we could wake up to that news in the morning. Honestly, they could let him fly back from Phoenix and then just let him go at the tarmac. Like, Hey, let's just not prolong this. Let's just let, let's get you out of here. You know, LeBron's not going to play. He's not going to play. Let's get you out of here. So we'll see. <laughs> That's just my prediction. I wouldn't be surprised, man. We'll see. We'll see, man. I, I nothing, at this point, nothing will shock me. One final quote, and then I'll leave it at this so y'all can simmer on this. Dave McMenamin asked Russell Westbrook if he wants an opportunity to come back next season and compete with LeBron and AD. Russell Westbrook says, quote, that's the plan. <laughs> that's the plan. That's the plan. Alex, have a great night. If you're listening to this, subscribe on Spotify, Apple, Google, uh, Silver Screen Roll Podcast. There is a show on here every single day, sometimes two. So if you need your Laker fix over the off season, subscribe and thank you, everybody. Really appreciate it. Signing off Alex Padilla, Alex Regla. Alex, we'll talk to everybody. Let's take next week off. Yeah. Let's just take a week <laughs> off. Let's, let's take some time off and then we'll regroup. We'll see what happens. We'll talk to everybody soon, man. Thanks. Thank you, man.